0: Conservative, you bet. Controversial, right again. It's time to squabble on the Jim Benson Show.
1: Hello and welcome to another edition of the Jim Benson Show. Conservative talk radio covering the issues that concern you here on the BBS radio network. Today I want to talk about and present information on Communist China and what's been going on there in recent months and years and how this is and has been affecting events here in the U.S. and the rest of the world. But first, let's review some of the things happening on the election fraud and election integrity front. My views and those of others expressed in the sound files presented on this program, of course, are poo-pooed by the so-called mainstream media, numerous so-called authorities and scholars, officials and the like – Who are the paid or unpaid propagandists of the political left and deep state establishment types who are behind or at least supporting the 2020 election coup and subservience to communist China, which I have no doubt was involved in orchestrating this coup as well as the aforementioned domestic enemies of our republic. Pardon me just a moment while I take care of something here. These people want to see the U.S. essentially destroyed as we have known it, so it can be eventually turned over – or rather turned into – a subservient vassal state of communist China in the years to come, if not sooner. China, you see, is the model for a future world government for these people, totalitarian communist China, and so many of them here in the West – have had very lucrative business investments in and deals with communist China. What is so amazing and disturbing to me is that these fools all seem to believe that they are going to maintain their positions of power, influence, and wealth with the coming enslavement of the rest of America and the West that they are so eagerly working to bring about. I'm sorry to keep repeating this, but it's so appropriate for this discussion. I'm continuously reminded in all this of the words of the mass murdering first dictator of the former Soviet Union, Vladimir Lenin, who unleashed the Red Terror during his reign that murdered millions. Lenin said, when it, come time, when it comes time to hang the capitalists, they'll sell us the rope. And there are today, with all these imbecilic, At least in this sense, oligarchs and other capitalist business people so eager to surrender our country and civilization to communist China, which has been funneling billions to them in one way or another for decades now. These new world order, world government-promoting globalist oligarchs, government officials, and other societal influencers seem in awe of the policies and supposed successes of the People's Republic of China, and actually they – believe that they will remain powerful and wealthy in a world they hope to see dominated by the totalitarian behemoth that is communist China today. See, it's communism for the rest of us. We give up all our wealth. We live like slaves, which is really best for everybody. It will lead to this worker's paradise, You know, common prosperity as the leader in China says, uh, Xi Jinping. But for these people who are pushing it, promoting it with all their money, they think they're going to be – Involved in some kind of – as I'll say, in, in and I'll get to in a few minutes, some kind of a plutocracy where they, they, they rule. The rich people rule. Anyway, let's move on. This is all the more astonishing given, given what we are seeing take place in China these days. How can these people be that stupid? I keep asking myself. Can they really truly believe that communist China is going to give them so much more than what they currently have and enjoy in terms of their power, wealth, and influence here in the U.S. and the rest of the West? Apparently they do, and yet we are seeing, as I speak, a crackdown on the rich people in China. It seems to me that people like Joe Biden, Nancy Pelosi, Bill Gates, George Soros, and others among these anti-Western elitists seem to think that some form of communism based on the communist Chinese model, as I said, is best for the masses over which they will be the ruling elites in some kind of bizarre plutocracy that is ruled by the wealthy. For that reason, in this program, we're going to take a closer look at some of the things that are happening in communist China today cons- considering what this means for all our futures here in the USA and the rest of the world. Among those things are Chinese Communist Party Chairman Xi Jinping's crackdown on, as I said, the rich, and private, the rich and private financial institutions in China. Of course, he's cracking down on everything else as well, but we'll get to this in a few minutes. But before that, let's get back to reviewing some of the current events in the election integrity battles around the country. As you know… The American people are expected to believe the widespread anomalies, mysteries, cover-ups, and illegality that occurred in the 2020 election were actually nothing significant and that this election was truly the most free and fair in history. Of course. I mean, late on Election Day night, Donald Trump was far ahead in vote counts in the key swing states that decided the election in the Electoral College. Then, in all these states, vote counting in the critical Democrat-controlled vote counting centers – suddenly stopped then beginning early the next morning millions of new votes virtually all for joe biden suddenly appeared in these states handing the presidency to joe biden and of course all this was perfectly legal and normal right right during election day night television viewers watched election results being received by cnn and elsewhere watching these i said suddenly saw vote switches from donald trump to joe biden for example, I believe it was in Georgia More than, that more than 17,000 votes recorded as cast for Trump suddenly disappeared from Trump's vote column on CNN, and just as suddenly and simultaneously, that exact same vote total reappeared as in Biden's vote column. In all of these Democrat vote count centers, Republican poll and vote watchers were forced away, often by corrupt law enforcement or backed up by corrupt law enforcement, the people who did it. From direct observation of the vote counting and were forced to stand far away where they could see and challenge nothing. This is unconstitutional and illegal by state laws as, as well. But no problem, according to the media and government establishment types. This was just common sense to keep people safe due to the pandemic. Sure. The horrifying thing was numerous corrupt members of our state and federal judiciary agreed or at least went along with it. Right on up to our Supreme Court. If you've been following the election controversy, you no doubt saw the infamous surveillance video of the vote counting in Georgia where Republicans and media were kept away, way away on the other side of the room in the facility where the vote counting was taking place. These people were then told that vote counting was stopping for the night due to a non-existent plumbing problem and that they must go home for the night. The video then shows election workers pulling suitcases of ballots from underneath the table and continuing to count these, including running them through counting machines several times, thus recording the same ballot votes over and over for several hours. And, of course, after this, recorded votes for Joe Biden surged by staggering amounts so that by the next day he had won the presidential election in Pennsylvania. According to one website I was viewing, it was reported that two days after Election Day, nearly 100,000 new votes suddenly appeared, almost all of them for Biden. Yet at the end of the day, the state's own Secretary of State's office and even the New York Times Election Monitoring Service showed not only that these new vote totals had been recorded but that the entire vote count had only increased by some 8,000 new votes, indicating that many thousands of other votes had been deleted. And on and on the bizarre anomalies, mysteries, and illegalities occurred, ending in a supposed record 80-plus million votes for Biden and handing him the presidency. You are probably also familiar with MyPillow.com CEO Mike Lindell and his team's efforts laid out in a series of videos on his website, FrankSpeech.com, reportedly showing internet packet traffic from and to voting facilities across the country, but particularly in key swing states. With China, that is, it appears that China and its agents, possibly in Iran and elsewhere, were hacking into our voting machines across the country and switching votes from Trump to Biden. With hundreds of thousands of votes cast for Trump in the swing states alone being switched to show they were cast for Biden and that those there by themselves were enough to swing the election for Biden. Had nothing else been done, but of course we know all these mail-in ballots. There was massive fraud going on there too. No wonder the crowd that converged on the House of Representatives in Washington on January 6th were upset as they protested the election, steal, but nevertheless allowed themselves to be lured into a chaotic and illegal protest stirred up by undercover agents, I have no doubt, at the Capitol that resulted in several deaths and injuries – which were used to hoodwink the American people into believing that this was a grave threat to our government and society. The great majority of the estimated 800,000 who came to Washington that day to protest the election results were peaceful and well-meaning. I don't contone the actions of those few of the protesters who went to the Capitol building and took part in the trespassing there, but one can certainly understand their frustration and outrage. With the recent release of the Arizona 2020 election audit results – What has been examined by the auditors thus far, because it's still going on, they've been not able to get all the information they need, as you may know. These results showed that there were at least more than 57,000 ballots with severe, serious irregularities, which are almost certainly illegal, and possibly hundreds of thousands more. And the auditors report to the Arizona Senate, which stated that the election should not have been certified, there were efforts. To have similar forensic audits in the others – there are efforts going on to have other with, – with these things being reported, there, there are efforts going on in other states to have these same forensic audits, particularly in the rest of the key swing states at the side of the election. And those efforts have intensified, but just as they have and continue to be in Arizona and elsewhere, these efforts are being opposed and fought every step of the way by Democrats and Trump-hating and or otherwise corrupt Republicans across the nation. The upshot is that progress toward having these French got slow and threatened everywhere. So here we are almost a year since the 2020 election, and Joe Biden and his administration remained in office with no likelihood that this appallingly corrupt election can be overturned, at least not anytime soon. While the audit in Arizona found more than 57,000 ballots with serious issues in Maricopa County – where Phoenix is, the fourth largest population center in the nation, the audit executive summary stated there are possibly many tens of thousands more problematic ballots. Here's some satire on the situation in Maricopa County from Jovan Hutton Pulitzer, millionaire inventor and businessman who's been at the forefront of the election integrity battles around the nation. This is a short recording Pulitzer posted on his Telegram channel October 11. It's titled, The Missing Maricopa Ballots. You may be aware that a Maricopa County election official is allegedly shown on surveillance video deleting the entire election management database from Maricopa the day before it was to be turned over to the auditors. Place sound by one, please.
2: Let's track how your vote went for the 2020 election. You filled it out. You may have dropped it off in a box or taken it or mailed it in. They all go to a safe, secure location to get counted properly. Or were they? Your ballot gets fed into a machine to scan it. It's your ballot as you voted it. That's the ballot scanners, tabulators, and they create ballot scan images. That gets fed over to the election management system. It's where the votes are as reported. Here's the number, folks. Well, you take that physical ballot... And it's fed in to create a digital copy, and that digital copy actually is what the system's waiting on. If the numbers come in, they go, hey, this is it, and they announce who won. But when auditors take a close look at that paper and say, let's verify the election results, they look back at that scanned image with eagle eyes to make sure it's there. Then they look back at the physical ballot to confirm that's the ballot as cast. Hey, it's all good. It's all certified, right? Well, not in Maricopa County. you'd. Center ballot and it got scanned and it even went into they said hey here's the 2020 election results but when the auditors looked at it closely and the machine numbers were there oh and there were actual sheets of paper there for ballot numbers those were right but is this the ballot the actual ballot which was scanned when you look at it closely there were 284,412 corrupt Missing, gone, compromised digital ballots. One out of every 10 ballots could not be confirmed as the actual ballot the voter used to vote. Yep, that's 2020, the safest election ever.
1: Here's another short excerpt from some audio from the America Projects channel on Rumble.com titled, The Number One Thing Politicians Are Afraid Of Is You. This is commentary by Jovan Hutton Pulitzer and Patrick Byrne founders of the America Project, about the results of the Maricopa County Arizona 2020 election audit and the need for criminal prosecutions over the wrongdoing uncovered there by the audit. The audit results, by the way, have been turned over to Arizona Attorney General Mark Burnovich for investigation. Don't buy the lie and fraud being peddled by the corrupt media and government establishment that the Arizona audit confirmed Joe Biden won the election in that state – and that there was no fraud. Read the executive summary of the auditor's report on the state's, to the state senate to get the facts. It's posted on the internet. Play sound by two, please.
3: They've discovered that they are living in a slave society. They're serfs. Someone stole their election government. And my guess is any anybody with any sense of history would know that if you let them get it ratchets, that if you let the – whatever criminal enterprise got away with what we just heard reported on yesterday – <laughs> they did it for a reason. And if they get away with it, it never comes back. Everything gets rigged and you never get out from underneath what you just what just took over your your state government. Uh and the same thing might be said with Washington, DC, mutandis, mutandis. So I uh you've got some serious thinking to do. This is the this is the moment. I have to tell you there is no I've been Mr. Compromise. I've been Mr. Softspoken, I think, trying to remind people where to You know, but now we got the facts and these are crimes committed. You have to have, if if people don't get indicted for this, let's all just stop pretending we believe in the rule of law. It's the end.
2: That's true. You better get pissed. It's that simple, folks. This This is beyond opening your eyes. Your eyes have been opened. They'll never be shut again. The bottom line is you're the army. The army's not coming to save you. The weapon is knowledge, but more importantly, the weapon is your voice. The number one thing these politicians are afraid of is you.
1: In finishing up with our look at the 2020 election and ongoing battles across the nation for election integrity, let's hear from commentator Graham Ledger. Graham Ledger, I'm sorry. This is from Ledger's podcast, The Ledger Report, on Rumble.com, October eight, and includes segments of his interview with attorney and former federal prosecutor Sidney Powell. She's the one who defended uh, General Flynn, Trump's uh, advisor, security advisor, who's being sued. That is Sidney Powell for billions by Dominion and Smartmatic voting machine and election management companies, along with Dominion executive Eric Coomer, over her allegations that their voting equipment is highly flawed, was hacked and used to flip votes from Trump to Biden. The soundbite begins with Ledger playing some video – he'll explain that – and audio from a congressional hearing recently and verbal sparring between leftist Democratic Congressman Jamie Raskin of – Maryland, I believe, and Republican Andy Biggs of Arizona at a hearing that included material on election issues reported by the Arizona Election Audit. This edition of the Ledger Report is titled, It's World War Three: Patriots versus the Marxist Cabal. Play sound by three, please.
4: Next on the Ledger Report, Sidney Powell Explosive. This, ladies and gentlemen, is our world war three we're fighting it right now the patriots versus the marxist cabal
0: same election where they were elected and yet still i believe and perhaps mr biggs can correct me if i'm wrong i hear him not even to be accepting the results of this audit which say that joe biden got more votes than were lawfully reported by the state so Will the gentleman yield? You've called me out and asked if I would respond. I'm happy to respond. Yes, but by all means, do you accept the uh, do you accept this audit which showed that Joe Biden won and indeed by more votes than... That is, the is not what the Biden audit concluded, Mr. Raskin. You know better than that. Have you read the whole audit or you cherry-picked the line which talks about the recount versus the tabulation machines? That we would oh, have expected cool. to be very similar, and it was, and so anything that might have inured... To President who Biden's won the election effect. is my question, Mr. Biggs. I'm happy to yield to you for that. Who won the election in Arizona? Donald Trump? We don't know, win. because the as the audit it demonstrates very clear, clearly, Mr. Raskin, there are a lot of issues with this uh, election that took place. We're going to go through those today, but you can okay, continue. Speaking of the we'll big see, lie, here. you can There's continue to perpetuate it as there, long as there. you want, but we're going to find uh, out. Madam Chair, there is the problem that we have. Uh, Donald Trump refused to accept the results. And unfortunately, we have one of the world's great political parties, which has followed him off of the ledge of this electoral lunacy.
4: Stop the tape. Lunacy. That's kind of where we are as a republic right now. We're in cuckoo land, unfortunately, ladies and gentlemen, as led by one of the chief cuckoos, this Jamie Raskin nutcase Marxist from Maryland. See, what's happening here is the Republicans are fighting by one set of rules and the Democrats are fighting by another set of rules. And this has been happening for many, many years now, possibly decades. Started devolving into this situation in the 1990s with the election, more or less, around the time the election of Bill Clinton, where the Republican Party allowed the Democrat Party effectively to rewrite the rules and elected a rapist, can we say that? Yes, we can, because we're not on YouTube. A rapist to the White House, and the Republican Party effectively allowed that to happen. And then the Republican Party laid down and effectively allowed a communist, an outright Marxist communist, to the White House in 2008. Same thing. Look at who they put up against Barack Obama. He didn't have a chance. And then 2012, the same thing. The lunatic from Utah didn't have a chance against somebody who will go out like this Raskin guy and lie and just lie to the American people and know that the stenographers in the mainstream media, the accomplices in the mainstream media, will simply regurgitate what Raskin says and ignore what Andy Biggs, Andy Biggs is putting up a, yeah, it's a decent fight. But you know what, ladies and gentlemen, this is the fight for our lives. This is our World War Three, and We don't even know we're in the midst of it, most of us. I do. I realize this is the fight for the the heart and soul of the republic and the future of this country. And my daughter's future. And the future of my progeny in this country. And all of our future. Your grandchildren. This is the fight for our lives. It is not fighting in a far-off land called Vietnam or Korea Or anywhere in Asia, not in Europe, it's not being fought, it's not a cold war against some foe called the Soviet Union. We're not fighting Cuba, we're not fighting even China at this point. Although China is playing a role in this, make no mistake, our enemy is from within, this is an asymmetrical war that is being fought on our soil right now. And yes, China is playing a role. The only question is, to what degree? And how many politicians have been bought off by the communist Chinese? Paid off by the communist Chinese on both sides of the aisle, by the way, ladies and gentlemen. I would say at this point, a blanket statement. Trust no one in Washington, D.C., And people will say, what about Ted Cruz or what about Mike Lee? I'm sorry. They're human too. I don't know if they've been corrupted. I pray to God they haven't. I pray to God the good people like Louis Gohmert are good through and through. I'm not accusing anybody of the aforementioned of any malfeasance. I'm just saying we've got to operate from the position where we can trust no one in Washington, D.C., from the president, Congress, on down, straight through the swamp, of course. Joining me mean now is attorney and freedom fighter, and also the CEO of DefendingTheRepublic.org, Sidney Powell. Sydney, if you had said to Americans, maybe just a couple of decades ago, that it switching votes and predetermining the outcome of elections um, was possible, they would probably say... That's a crazy, fantastic movie script. But here we are now in 2021, um, replete with the Internet, replete with all kinds of high-tech devices that you and I don't even know about, replete with software that exists that most of Americans don't know about. In fact, this is real, that votes can be switched real time and elections can be rigged. And the American people need to know this so we can deal
5: with it. That's exactly right. I've been absolutely horrified at at the pieces of the puzzle that have come together in the last month as I've been digging into all of this more, thanks to Dominion having sued me for $1.3 billion and Smartmatic having sued me for $2.7 billion (laughs) and Eric Coomer in Colorado suing me for I don't even know what. Uh, So yes, I have been digging into it uh, a lot more deeply and troublingly found just this past week, thanks to a fellow patriot, a video of a Curtis, um, I can't remember his last name right now, but a gentleman who was testifying in front of the House Judiciary Committee on a field trip to Ohio in 2004 about him having been approached for the 2000 election to write an algorithm that would not be able to be detected to alter votes and flip the election 51-49 for a particular candidate.
4: So there you go. This guy's name was Clint Curtis, uh, by the way. Yes.
5: Um, Thank you.
4: And so when we look at this, I want to get back to that in a minute. I want to go first to what you discovered, um, I guess, in your discovery process, if you will. Um, No,
5: it's just me digging.
4: (laughs) In the DOD uh, has a program or had a program. That could literally change the course of elections, switch votes real time, uh, but also predetermine the outcome, correct?
5: Yes. We found another patriot found a patent that the U.S. Army had funded, issued a grant to fund for a university in New Jersey that developed a process to create an algorithm that would weight votes according to however, whoever is operating it thinks they ought to be weighted. And predetermined the outcome of an election, which I was just mortified to see that.
4: Now, you and could... also, go ahead.
5: Also, a Department of Defense uh, patent with NIH, which made no sense at all—the National Institute of Health—to yeah. inject false voter identifications and votes into our voting system and allow remote access and a central server and everything that is the recipe for disaster that we have today.
4: Now, we don't know that this is in use, but we know it's out there in circulation. And who knows? Maybe it's been built upon. Maybe there's a superior uh, software out there now that other entities uh, are using. But the fact that you discovered this is important because it exists, number one. And number two, it exists From within our government. Now, you could say, why would the federal government, Department of Defense, want to get involved in an election? I suppose, you know, if you're in Cuba and you want to predetermine the outcome so they have democracy, I suppose you could maybe make that argument. Some people might say it's okay. I don't necessarily believe that. But the bottom line is our government is involved in this to a degree. We know this because of your discovery.
5: Yes. And it's extremely troubling. To me, Graham, the biggest question for the last six months or more since the election, actually, in November, has been, why isn't the government doing anything about this? Why isn't the Department of Justice, even under Trump, investigating this massive election fraud that's obvious to anybody that understands mathematics or statistics at the level of a fourth grader?
4: Which brings us back to that video you were talking about. That was exactly. Believe, shot it's because in, in they all know. Yeah, the they, politicians know. They I, know. I, I think in that video, I saw Maxine Waters and some other familiar faces. Jerry Nadler, still serving. Nadler, yeah. So yeah. they know about this. Um, which which brings us um, to uh, our situation in Arizona, which is crucial, and, and potentially the other states. You know, it, of course, the mainstream media poo pooed the results of the of the audit. Uh, which is still going on, by the way, and we still need to support and we still need to know what's coming uh, in terms of, uh, for example, the routers and the information stored on the routers, which is going to be very important. But we did find out in the audit, which is completely ignored by the mainstream media, that these computers were hooked up to the Internet and they weren't supposed to be, number one. And number two. They're for example-
5: made to be hooked up to the Internet. It's in the patents that Dominion has. It's in the Patents for all of the equipment that they are hooked up to the Internet. That's the only way they can transmit the election results. How, how? And what I think really has to be dis- discovered is that there is a secret server that all the votes go to where they manipulate the heck out of it. And if you look at Dr. Frank's work, he figured out the encryption key for each of the states. He's still working on some of them, but I think he's through with half of them. It shows the exact algorithm that was that was run for each state. So they inflated the voter database, injected it with false voters and used those to create the vote outcome they wanted.
4: But but the books don't balance in Arizona. And again, that was ignored by the mainstream media. In other words, there were more votes cast than there were uh, registered voters. And so this is the, the smoking gun that hopefully we can expose.
5: Yeah, I think you're right. It's certainly an information war. It's a war against our liberties. And everybody's gonna to have to stand up and stand strong to protect our freedoms.
4: This is an asymmetrical war, but nonetheless a war. And if you want to help uh, support Sydney and her efforts and all that she's doing is defending the republic dot org, defending the republic dot org.
1: Now let's move on to some commentary about the current crackdown in communist China on just about everything associated with capitalism and Western influence. And I don't say all that influence is, is good. I notice one thing they're cracking down on is effeminate uh, appearing male influencers. It's obvious to me that they want they want soldiers because they want to take over the world, but they want to corrupt the communist and the political left here promotes this kind of stuff because they want to corrupt and destroy the West, but this shows you how they operate. Anyway, Although he reportedly has opposition within the Communist Chinese Party, Party Chairman Xi Jinping is a dictator and has near-absolute power over Communist China. He and his supporters are reportedly the ones behind the crackdown, which allegedly began last year after Chinese billionaire Jack Ma publicly criticized the CCP as being too restrictive on entrepreneurs. Ma then suddenly disappeared for about three months after stating he'd been poisoned and nearly died, and his companies were fined billions of dollars. He has since reappeared but is very, very quiet these days. Starting off, here's some audio from a YouTube podcast October 9th called Gravitas Plus, put out by – I believe it's called World is One News – This is an Indian program and is presented by the program's executive editor, Palki Sharma Upadhyay. These people have a following of almost five million on YouTube alone. This broadcast is titled, Why is Xi Jinping Cracking Down on Everyone? And some of the information provided with the podcast there on YouTube states, There is a purge underway in China. A crackdown on everything – everyone and everything, billionaires, tech titans, celebrities, and influencers. No one is being spared. It is – Xi Jinping is driving the crackdown. And this is all the while so many fabulously rich business and business people here in the U.S. and other countries are rushing – … to pour yet billions more into what are perceived to be lucrative investments in communist China, including of late the head of the world's largest investment fund, BlackRock, which reportedly claims that the future is indeed bright for investing in communist China. And BlackRock, as I understand it, manages many pension funds here in the U.S., Place down by four, please.
6: A long time ago, the Qin dynasty ruled China. They joined a series of fortifications to make one grand structure. Today we call it the Great Wall of China. Why was it built? To protect the people of China, they were told. Also to exert control on them. How? By forcing them to build that wall. Peasants, slaves, rebels, they were all forced into construction in the name of prosperity. Armies were deployed to ensure they did what they were told. This was the beginning of a tradition that lasted for centuries. Emperors and dynasties followed. They improved the wall's design. They added to its magnificence and used the same tools, oppression and tyranny. Today, China has a new emperor. He, too, has mesmerized his people into a dream of empire building, and he, too, resorts to oppression to realize this dream. He makes a new assault every week in the name of bringing prosperity. He talks of common prosperity and rejuvenation. That's a sales pitch. And he's destroying livelihoods and lives in the process. Hello and welcome to Gravitas Plus. I'm Palki Sharma Upadhyay. In October 2020, Chinese regulators forced the Ant Group to suspend its $37 billion IPO. The company's owner, Jack Ma, disappeared. He was untraceable for three months. Then in February 2021, a web of new regulations by the Communist Party wiped off $1 trillion from Chinese tech stocks a trillion. In July, China's biggest ride-hailing app, Didi was removed from all app stores in the country. In August, China's private education industry, a multi-billion dollar business, was decimated overnight by a ban on private tuitions. In September, China's national curriculum was appended. Textbooks were rewritten to match the president's vision, Xi Jinping's thought, a political doctrine that was introduced in schools. Then China went after Evergrande, its largest real estate developer. It was subjected to a series of probes. Today, Evergrande is struggling to pay billions in debt. The crackdown extended to entertainment. China banned reality shows inspired by the West and influencers who were quote-unquote deemed too feminine. Also struck was the online gaming industry. Games were ordered to portray a correct set of values. Then came personality cults like Zhao Wei. One of China's wealthiest actresses with millions of adoring fans, Beijing had her movies and news mentions scrubbed from the Internet as if she never existed. All these crackdowns have prompted observers, investors and literally anyone with a stake in the Chinese economy to ask a very pertinent question. What on earth is going on? Beijing has a new target every week. From capitalist enterprises to real estate developers, from tech titans to private tutors, from gaming companies to TV shows, from celebrities to quote-unquote effeminate influencers. No one is being spared in China. The crackdowns are both striking and significant. They point at a structural rectification. The CCP is tightening the screw on every sector and aspect of life. It's redrawing the very boundaries of business and society in China. What explains this? The paranoia of one man, Xi Jinping, a leader driven by the need for control, a man who likes to project himself as a savior. Xi Jinping has often been compared to Mao Zedong, the founder of the Chinese Communist Party, someone who functioned like a demigod. Mao ravaged his country in pursuit of communist ideals, and yet he commanded respect and adoration from the masses. No Chinese leader has ever commanded the same kind of respect or following. Not until Xi Jinping. Since coming to power in 2012, he has consolidated his control on the CCP, solidified his hold over the country. Some say he's even outshone Mao Zedong. Just look at how powerful he is right now. He heads all major institutions of power, from the party to the presidency to national security to the military. He's literally the chairman of all things in China. His name and ideology. Is enshrined in China's constitution. His power is absolute. His ambitions quite dreadful. Under Xi Jinping, we're seeing the rise of a paranoid superpower, one that wants to eliminate all perceived threats. And this paranoia can be traced to Xi Jinping's writings. Take this 2017 party publication, for example, where he wrote, and I'm quoting, As the world's largest party, no external force can defeat us. Only we can defeat ourselves. We should stay alert factors that could weaken our party's pioneering nature. Otherwise, small problems will grow into big ones. Minor slips will escalate into an irreversible landslide, probably even leading to broader and subversive catastrophe. Today, this exaggerated threat perception drives every single step that China takes, both internally and externally. The geopolitical jousting with its neighbors, the incursions in the South China Sea, the naval aggression in the Indo-Pacific, the border provocations in Ladakh, the bullying acts against Taiwan, the erasure of Tibetan identity, the repression of Uyghurs in Xinjiang, the purging of political opponents, and now a crackdown on the rich and the influential. All of this is being driven by Xi Jinping's paranoia and insecurity. He wants control, and he also wants to fulfill some prophecies. You see, when the foundation of the Communist Party was laid, its leaders set out Two centennial goals. Goal number one, they envisioned China as a moderately prosperous society by 2021... ...which marks 100 years of the CCP's formation. Goal number two, they envisioned China as a global hegemon by 2049... ...which marks the 100th anniversary of the People's Republic of China. Shortly after his election in 2012, Xi Jinping called for his party to return to this mission... ...and to achieve the two centennial goals. He unleashed an avalanche of change aimed at seeking rejuvenation and common prosperity. These two catchwords, they're tucked in every decision he takes. The CCP follows them like a mantra. They're woven into every state policy. What do they even mean in the Chinese context? The term rejuvenation encapsulates Xi Jinping's overriding objective, build his nation into a true global superpower, command the world's respect. That's what he wants. Common prosperity, on the other hand, is about making the life of every Chinese citizen happier, safer, healthier. It essentially means expanding the pie and dividing the pie. In practice, it means robbing the rich to feed the poor. Well, that sounds like a noble cause, except that it's not. Xi Jinping is not Robin Hood. Robin Hood was an outlaw. Xi Jinping is the law. He cannot be robbing his people. He cannot be going after individuals and entities that become too powerful or rich. That he thinks must be tamed. That is not social justice, that is power consolidation. Also, how did these people become rich and powerful? They are the products of China's hybrid communism. For decades, the Communist Party upheld capitalism. It promoted what is called trickle-down economics. It believed that allowing some people to make money is going to benefit all. In fact, in 1978, Deng Xiaoping, the then leader of China, said on record that China had no choice but to let some people get rich first. So much for communism. So why is the state going after them now? Because nothing else is working. The Belt and Road is failing. The economy is under stress. There is a power crunch. There is a shortage of chips. And to top it all, the Wuhan virus has poisoned the world. China's policy of zero tolerance has left it friendless. Tourism, hospitality, retail sectors, they're all suffering in China. Xi Jinping is suffering multiple setbacks and he's blaming all of this on the rich and famous in China. He wants to harvest the wealth of the elite to win the loyalty of the poor. We told you about Jack Ma, the founder of Alibaba. He once used to be the poster child of China's technological rise. Today, he's public enemy number one. How did that happen? Because he dared to criticize the system. In October last year, Jack Ma called China's financial system a pawn shop that lacked innovation. Beijing slapped his company with a $3.7 billion fine, accusing him of breaching anti-monopoly laws. Hardly a day has gone by in recent months without the news of a fresh crackdown in China. Tencent, Evergrande, Meituan, Kanzun full truck alliance. The list keeps getting longer and nobody dares to protest. The fear of repression is enough to keep them in line. Memories of failed political revolutions are still alive in the minds of Chinese. They're passed down to the current generation as whispered warnings. The people of China have made an unspoken bargain of sorts with their government. The government promises a decent life to anyone who works hard and in exchange they stay out of politics. They stay silent when billionaires are jailed, look away when homes are forcefully demolished, and ignore protesters who climb rooftops. In China, George Orwell's predictions have come true. His dystopian script is playing out as reality. How long will this reality last? Well, only if Orwell were here to tell us.
1: Excuse me, Don, uh, we have about 12 more minutes of material. Can we go that far? Or do you want me to cut it short?
6: A long time ago, the Qin dynasty ruled China. They joined a series of fortifications to make one grand structure. Today we call it the Great Wall of China. Why was it built? To protect the...
1: Okay, okay, You okay, absolutely
7: do it. have that long. You go right, as long as you need to. If I'm we... going
1: to... Yeah. Go as quick as I can. Yeah, okay, no,
7: if we need to go over an extra 10 minutes, let's do it.
1: All right, we'll do it now. Hey. It's Thank that you.
7: important. I love you. I Thank mean you so it.
1: so much. I greatly appreciate what you do for me. Here.
7: Hey, you're the best of the best.
1: <laughs> now here's some additional commentary on Xi Jinping's current crackdown on private financial and media institutions in and associated with communist China. It's from David Zhang's Talking Points podcast on YouTube and was presented October 13th. Still there as a podcast. A soundbite five, please.
8: Welcome to Talking Points. Chinese leader Xi Jinping wants to control everything by cracking down on it. He just added another piece to his collection of cracking down on things. The long-awaited crackdown on banks and financial institutions. State-owned banks are being investigated for being too cozy with private firms. Talk about a robbery of private ownership. What in communist China? Now, you don't ever associate communism with privatization. The two words are simply too far from each other. So, This move almost seems natural in a twisted communist way. But after years of so-called opening the economy, to most people, this is a backstep. Yet we somehow expect this to happen, if you understand that the communist principles of state ownership and state planning is to stop privatization completely. From the outside, it seems this is a standalone issue, as Xi Jinping is using the anti-corruption agency to investigate any wrongdoings. In particular with ties to private companies for these banks. But anything Xi is doing is bound to have bigger implications or reasons. In particular, this is on 25 firms at the heart of the Chinese economy. What the Wall Street Journal calls is the most extensive of a sector Mr. Xi has been suspicious since coming to power nearly a decade ago. Because banks in China are a special place for the Chinese leadership, Inside factions of the Communist Party, they have a big stake in the so-called state-owned banks in China, especially top leaders. Banks are the core to their political power, so this move is digging at the roots of the Xi's opposition factions. His opposition are those that oppose the way he rules or he is moving the country. But also his re-election for another 10 years. And this is because Xi came into power 10 years ago. He has moved the country's economy to a more state-planned economy. Like they had in the 60s, returning to the time of Mao Zedong, the first chairman. Mao ran the country with total state ownership. And this is a huge contrast to the leaders after Mao but before Xi Jinping. Starting in the 80s, the Chinese economy was moving toward capitalism. And now Xi Jinping calls for, quote, Chinese flavors to be added to the economy. And that just means to add CCP colors to it. Because capitalism is dangerous for Xi's power, for his re-election, meaning that the Chinese Communist Party will be heavily involved in the economy under Xi Jinping. And of course, this would be bound to anger the Chinese establishment of the party and those cadres who profited heavily from the opening up of the economy which is why they are the opposition. So this move to crack down on banks can also be seen as a power struggle. Xi Jinping also always talks about this idea of systemic risks to financial security. What he really means by that is that without total control of the economy, or at least a major control, something like 75% of the economy, there is a huge risk associated with China's economic future, one that he would not control. So understanding his so-called concern, we come to this conclusion. Stabilizing his own power means as much control as he can get. And now the banks are not the final destination for this entire string of crackdowns. I think even Xi Jinping himself knows that a 100% state-planned economy cannot function in today's global economy and only isolates them from a bigger pie. So his goal is to control the majority or we can say the key to unlocking the Chinese economy in the hands of just himself. So that means banks, private companies, and anything in between must submit their ownership to the central government, or submit their ownership to a state-owned entity. Taking a majority in its ownership is a must. Does it not quite make sense? Well then, let me give you an example. Recently, the CCP released a proposal... To remove privately owned media from broadcasting, editorializing, distributing, or gathering news. So that means any media company owned by a private capital is not allowed to participate in the process of spreading information. This is actually almost a yearly proposal, but there's been major additions on the 2021 list. How can you tell a news agency or media to suddenly seize operation in China? Well, just released a proposal. It's quite significant because the idea is to force private capital to either close their doors or sell those media to the government. Why is the media targeted? Don't all Chinese media help disseminate propaganda anyways? Was it not beneficial? Well, not quite if you consider the people behind the media. Let's assume Hong Kong is still free for a second. Take the Hong Kong-based South China Morning Post, for example. It's owned by Alibaba, which is founded by Jack Ma, the famous Chinese billionaire who recently came under heavy crackdown. And while the restrictions would only apply to domestic investments, Alibaba has been pressed to sell its media assets outside of mainland China, including in Hong Kong, and including the South China Morning Post, again, based in Hong Kong. Alibaba, for one, has invested in newspapers, BuzzFeed-style online outlets, Twitter-like social media platforms, and TV production companies. Among those are South China Morning Post and mainland Chinese news provider Yi Media Group. And Alibaba's financial technology arm, which is the Ant Group, has a stake in Caixin Media. And all these media platforms are pressured to be sold off. The Chinese e-commerce giant has to let go of stakes in Mango Excellent Media Company, which is a TV shopping and entertainment network recently. Either let that go to the state media and have them gain the majority of control or risk shutting the doors. So Alibaba really represents the peak of a spectrum. Xi Jinping would not allow such a giant group to control the fourth power, the media. And I wouldn't be surprised if Xi Jinping saw how powerful the media has become in today's world. In the U.S., It's able to sway voters, manufacture attacks on individuals, and or just create legitimacy for others. And despite the CCP's tight control over the media already, accelerating especially after Xi Jinping took office, it still could not be trusted, especially those media platforms currently under private ownership. Think about this. Once the proposal is set, which it always does, it essentially puts a hard rule on any private firms in China from attempting to gain influence in the media world.
1: Okay. Lastly, here's an interview with political commentator and a director at the Hindu American Foundation, Jay Kansara, having to do with what's going on with India and its relations with China. And this interview is conducted by Steve Bannon on Bannon's War Room program way back on August 7th in which Kansara expresses his opinion that Biden, Joe Biden, who along with his relatives – has repeatedly, reputedly received tens of millions of dollars in payments from entities associated with communist China. And once again, our government is doing nothing to investigate this. Biden is not a conservative. He's not a Republican, right? He's one of the establishment elites and the communist-leaning Democrats, so everything is fine, right? <clears throat> anyway, uh, Kansara considers the Biden administration to essentially be a client or a client state of the CCP. Also discussed are the consequences of the disastrous Biden administration pullout from Afghanistan, which I maintain was intentional and by design and intended to aid the CCP, which is bullying Taiwan and threatening to invade that strategically vital country. Though Beijing contends it's a province of communist China, it is never the communist Chinese party has never ruled Taiwan for one single day. Play by 6, please.
8: I'm going
7: to turn going back to, to Jay back to- Kansar. So Jay, j- just describe to people, because I think a lot of people are just becoming acquainted now with, with the area and what's going on. What is our, our great ally India now has its back to the wall? you get got Burma to the east, and now you've got this disaster with Pakistan, Afghanistan, uh, China, the CCP, uh, Iran, the Mullahs there, on uh, India's western flank. Walk us through the geopolitical reality of what we've allowed to happen to our ally the largest democracy in the world india
9: yes uh, because we just left 83 billion dollars worth of military equipment plus or minus in the hands of islamic radical terrorists uh, who are also you know giving a little bit to iran on its western front and allowing china to reverse engineer uh, some of that equipment as well. India now has to deal with not only fighting uh, hardened, you know, warlords of the Taliban, they now have to deal with um, with fighting American equipment in their hands. And unfortunately, Biden, uh, I think actually this was intentional, that they, they intended to do this in order to keep India in check, because a rising India, a nationalist country who wants to build its own infrastructure for many a manufacturing base wants to have its own independent military base uh military industrial base uh they don't want that because they want india to remain a client state of the united states actually they want india to remain a client state of china because uh, right now this administration is also seems to be a client state of china and, Jay, 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 whoa, whoa,
7: whoa. Uh, Joe, Jay, you're, you're not a wild man. And we have a couple of three wild men on here every now and again. You're a very reasoned guy who doesn't come at this from the political right. I want you to go back through this. You, you're, you, you think this is actually acts of commission by the Biden administration and others on this globalist agenda? Is that what you're saying?
9: 100 percent, Steve. I'm going to go back to 2009, and I, we've played this clip on the show before. Biden received Pakistan's equivalent of the Presidential Medal of Freedom, the Crescent of Pakistan, two weeks before he became the vice president. You know why he got that award? Because but when he was the Senate Foreign Relations Committee chairman, he wrote the bill, the Pakistan Economic Development Assistance Act, with another you know, somebody from the Republican Party who, whom, you know, lost because he was too globalist, Richard Lugar from Indiana. They co-wrote the bill that gave Pakistan billions of dollars in, quote, economic aid, which was actually funneled to the military establishment, knowing full well that China was dealing with the Taliban directly uh, in Afghanistan, actually propping them up for years before 9-11 and then after 9-11. And also, uh, working with Pakistan and China was working with Pakistan to build the One Belt One Road through Kashmir and uh, into Afghanistan and beyond, all the way to Turkey. And so this is Biden's, you know, this is the Biden and the and the Uniparty and the establishment's grand agenda to allow this to happen for whatever reason. Uh, whether, uh, but it is intentional, and I and I hope that. It's just stupidity and not malice, but I'm yet to be convinced of that.
1: Republicans in name only. Retaking the House of Representatives and Senate in next year's midterm elections. This is how we're supposed to be able to turn everything around, right? But if our elections are, as Mike Lindell contends, rigged across the country to a greater or lesser extent, how is that going to happen? It can only happen if we the people take back control of our elections. As I pointed out earlier, even though the left and the establishment has so much control over the media and other social institutions and propagandize right and left for and brainwash Americans, there are still enough people out there who saw the truth and voted for Trump. It's not Trump the man, as one point out. It's what Trump does, his policies. He gets it. Other people get it too. We don't want to be slaves, but we are moving in that direction. And we didn't vote for it. This is going to be no mean feat, taking back control of our elections. Daunting tasks and battles to accomplish this confront us in the days ahead, but it's the only way we can take back our country from the corrupt oligarchs, globalists, and deep state actors who are hell-bent to destroy us, at least the only peaceful way. The key thing that's needed is to get the facts, and that means the truth, before the American people. Enough of us, so that together we can rise up against the enormously powerful forces arrayed against us and save our republic. I am not, of course, advocating any type of violence to accomplish this. I firmly believe it can be accomplished peacefully through mass support from the public. The essential force we have working in our favor is our Constitution, and most particularly its First Amendment, which allows us a pathway via our burgeoning alternative media, and that includes bbsradio.com, to get the truth out to the American people. Dictators and oppressors down through history have always known that to control the masses, you have to control what information they have. That has never been easy here in the U.S. due to the First Amendment's protections of free speech. Yet this precious freedom is today threatened as never before. Let's not let it die. Well, that wraps up another show. As always, we hope you found its content of interest and value. We can listen. You can listen to a podcast of today's show in the next few days when it's posted on the Jim Benson Show page, the Jim Benson Show page, at bbsradio.com. Look for us again two weeks from today in this same time slot. Have a great rest of your day and evening.